Welcome everyone to another installment of Tadros Talks, where we have candid, thought-provoking conversations discussing a wide range of topics. I'm your host, uh, Michael Tadros, with my friend, and honestly, more of a mentor, Ardena Bashic. Ardena, say hi. Hi, y'all. Like, Ardena is the director of DFIC Research, so the Google Finance Investing Council. She is a teaching assist- assistant for um, finance. And she has a lot of internship experience, uh, kind of, you know, in banking and finance and so on. And I'd say, like, Ardena, guys, if you don't know Ardena, like, she's she's up, she's up. Ardena's definitely, like, she's up there in life. You know, like, I'm actually looking at her LinkedIn right now, and I, I have to say, it's not making me feel good. <laughs> but anyways, Ardena, so introduce yourself. Um, yeah, so like um, Michael said, my name is Ardena Bashic. I'm in the third year of the Integrated Business and Humanities program at MAC. Um, so that's been a very interesting ride started during the pandemic, but, um, getting involved the last, um, two years on campus has been extremely invaluable for me. And I'm just taking every opportunity I can to get involved, help out the community and like gain experience myself as well. Okay. So I'm going to get straight into it. Ardana, tell me why you choose, um, IBH or like generally more, why would you choose the group? Cause I feel like the IBH program is, it's very similar to the commerce program. So I don't want to make too big of a distinction between the two. So more generally, why did you choose DeGroote? Um, and what kind of other tar- like other schools were you considering um, you know, in grade 12 and 11 and so on? Yeah, so I actually will say I chose DeGroote and McMaster because of IBH. Um, I applied to a lot of places. I applied to U of T, Western, Waterloo. Um, I wasn't necessarily focusing just on business. I was more focused on like economics. Um, and I planned on minoring in some kind of humanities um, because my plan in high school was to pursue law of some sort. Um, it was human rights, then it switched into corporate, then it switched into immigration. It was all those things. Um, and so that was my plan. Um, but when I got into IBH, um, it was something about the smaller class sizes, the smaller program, the experiential learning pro- like projects that really appealed to me. Um, because I've always been in smaller environments my whole life. Like I'm from Woodstock, which is a smaller town. I've been told, um, my elementary school had like 80 kids. My high school had like 400 kids. So I'm definitely used to the whole school had 80 kids, (laughs) 80 kids. Or the graduating class was 80 kids. No, the graduating class was five kids in my year. What? Yeah. Like the whole, like there were five grade eights that year. There were five grade eights that year. How does that, okay guys, forget, forget (laughs) finance, back, backtrack, back. How does that work? Uh, Well, it was a smaller private school. Um, oh, okay, it was okay. in a smaller village just outside of Woodstock. It was it was just very homegrown, like roots-based kind of vibes. It was very much like you you were cared for by the teachers. It wasn't bureaucratic. It was just, it was so homey and it was so caring. So it was like one teacher for five kids? No, it was one teacher for the grade seven and eight. So there were like 14 of us. There were a lot of the grade sevens. I do remember that. I'm not going to lie to you. That does not sound like some uh, high-quality education. That- uh, okay, it really was though, because when you have the smaller class sizes when you have the teachers because you have to remember when you move out of the public system into the private system you lose benefits you lose pensions so you have to really care about what you're doing and I felt that in every single teacher I had I still have multiple of them in my phone I text them I have my music mama who is my music teacher and my French teacher they really impacted my education and I think that that's something that made me who I am today that's just so foreign to me because my high school had what like a graduating class of 500 and like the whole high school had like what like 1900 kids so my high school was pretty big and that wasn't even like that big like my high school was bigger at some point like my high school used to have 2900 people but then they built another school that took 900 away from us so we dropped to like 2k 
kids, but like that wasn't even that big of a school when we were there because the, the teachers always talked about how the school was so much bigger. So like I, I can't even imagine even my even my elementary school. Elementary school was like seven hundred kids, so I can't imagine a school that small. Yeah, I honestly I can't imagine a school that large from my perspective because I've always been used to no more than maybe thirty kids in my class in high school. So. No, I mean even in my high school too. Like the largest class, like. My class, my, most of my class had 30 kids, but there were so many classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Um, I don't know. I just never grew up in that kind of environment. And I think, I don't know, it impacted me in a way. Like, I always look for smaller groups, smaller experiences. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I will say that adapting when I am in more, like, active situations. For example, when I did move to Toronto for work last summer, big, big shock. It took me a while to adjust. And say, moving to Hamilton, big shock in adjusting. But I think, you know... You move with things, being uncomfortable is the key to change and growth. So it is It is what it is. And it worked out for the better. So like, do, was your town one of those towns where like everyone kind of knew everyone type thing? To an extent. <laughs> there were groups where everyone knew everyone. Um, like, I don't know. There were like the conservative groups. There were the liberal groups. There were okay, like okay. the church groups. So they were those were really close-knit groups. Um, I would say that just because like my family, like as a refugee family, there aren't a lot of Bosnian people in Woodstock. We didn't really have that. Um, but like we still today we're a little bit more integrated we have different groups so it's kind of like that but not really especially like when you go into the rural and urban parts of the town there mm-hmm. is a differentiation i see i see wow that's that's, that's very interesting anyway sorry so i interrupted back um to your 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 university yeah, like what was program I talking decisions. about again so you were talking about how um why did you specifically choose the group you said you applied to waterloo western some other schools yeah so, so run me through what you applied to run me through why you kind of uh, use process of elimination to then land at the group and then tell mm-hmm. me about your experience instead. So I'm going to be honest with you. Waterloo wasn't really much of a prospect. Like I liked that when I got accepted, it was my first university I got accepted to. It was like the let's go kind of vibe. Um, but at the same time, like I only really applied because my friends were going there and I didn't really understand their co-op program. I wasn't too interested in it. So that was kind of off my list. Um, a Western was also like, I think I applied for it just because it's Western. It's like a b- good business school. Ivy is great, but I didn't have like the confirmation that I would get into Ivy, right? Because it's like you do your two years and you apply. So, and also like I grew up like whenever you need something in Woodstock, you go to London. So it's all so familiar with it. I wanted something a bit different. Um, I also applied to McGill. Forgot that one. Um, they were the very last to get back to me, and quite frankly, they didn't give me any scholarship money. Um, I wasn't necessarily ready to move to Montreal um, because. I made my university decision during the pandemic and like I was at home with my family. I'm like, I don't want to miss this. I want to be able to drive home. And so then it was kind of between U of T and McMaster. So I got into McMaster Commerce in like February-ish and I got into IBH literally like maybe April. So by then I had like a maybe a couple weeks to decide, right? Um, And then I looked at U of T. They gave me a good scholarship. It was a good school. But you know, you hear those rumors (laughs) um, about the the study culture, the reputation, um, and I wasn't... I mean, they're, they're not rumors. Like, my son went there. Like, <laughs> I could definitely attest on her behalf. She would tell me that um, she would go to the library and pick up books to study, and she would find, like, important pages ripped out. So oh, yeah, way, it's, it's pretty brutal. But, like, yeah. you'll see a little bit of that at every school, but I haven't seen that in Mac yet. Yeah. No, on, no but, uh, but some schools more than others. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so I think that's what turned me off a bit. Um and then, yeah, so I went with McMaster, the IBH program, like, from the very start of it, like, uh, the director called me 
in like I want to say maybe January, February, and interviewed me. Like asked me like, what's your favorite book? What have you been doing lately? Ahmed. Ahmad. Oh my God, Ahmed. That's guys. <laughs> For any context, Ahmed's my guy. He's a very, <laughs> he's a very great guy. For some reason, he gets a bad rap. But Ahmed's honestly one of my favorite professors. Like okay, unpopular opinion. He gets a bad rap because kids come out of high school and don't know how to study for university. Then they get um, screwed over by the yeah. exam because they didn't prepare properly and then they put that on the prof. It's not the prof. No, but to be fair, I think it's not just his class. So basically, for context, he teaches financial accounting. Um, it's I did okay in that class. I mean, I did pretty well, actually. A lot of people wasn't really their cup of tea. Um, I would say the biggest problem isn't in the class. I feel like it's more so his personality, which is, I actually don't mind that. I actually like it. People, people like, like people coming out of high school. He's tough love. Exactly, like exactly. And you need that tough love, especially like, in first year. If you like, if you just kind of play by his rules, you'll have a great, you have a great time with him. But little things like phones during a lecture, or like watching a video during a lecture, or like talking during a lecture. You do any of these things, you're gonna have the worst time of your life. In other words, if you don't show basic respect to your professor, yeah. who is accomplished and esteemed, and taking time out of his um, really packed day to teach you, you're not gonna get anything out. But of your to be fair, to all these first years that that <laughs> clash with Imad, like when I when I saw it, sometimes it's not even that they're being disrespectful. It's just that the the grade twelve mindset is so so different than the than, than the Imad mindset. Like I saw a kid. Go up to like quote unquote dab up Ahmed, and Ahmed oh. was he was like, what is this? Shake shake my head. He literally after that bopped up bopped like standing in front of the whole class. He was like, students, when you when you go approach a faculty member, a professor, or any professional or anyone older than you in a position of power, you have to show respect. I don't know what this I don't know what this dab up stuff is. Please shake my hand like a man. What is a dab up? Like I don't. What is just, just wow? I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. You actually, you're only when you're older, you sound like a boomer right now. We're not gonna talk. About, we're not gonna talk about. You know, honestly, the moment we said that, I was like, let me edit it out, but I'm gonna keep it in. Just, just that's that's this crazy. This is show how um, I'm like, just like old. So it's a way. It's a way of like guys greeting each other. Oh, it's like the handshake. Yeah, oh, that sure, thing. Sure. Oh, I've tried to do that. So I a guy went up to Mr. Mr. Amanda, like doc, sorry, Doctor Amanda, and did that, and he. The professor, he was not having it, guys. But yeah. Well, I mean, no, lesson, makes sense. lesson learned. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Yeah. So yeah. So sorry, I keep interrupting, but sorry, continue. I don't even so remember where I was. Ahmed called you. Ahmed called you. <laughs> yeah. So he called me, and I'm like, you know what? If a director cares enough to call 60 plus students that are applying for this program that he's considering making offers to, like, they care enough to do that. And I wanted a caring environment when I could grow in. And I, I every day, a single day, I think about. Like our little WhatsApp chat we have for IVH or like our group things going on in the community. Because when you hear about McMaster, everyone talks about the community. You don't realize it until you're there. If I walk around campus, I can literally, I wouldn't necessarily walk up to anyone, but I feel comfortable talking to anyone because I know that they're going to be polite and nice. I'm sure there's some bad apples out there, but for the most part, the community is absolutely crazy. My IBH community, my DFA community, my McMaster Barbell community, the DCS, like everyone is just so wonderful mm -hmm. and i think like i look back and i made the perfect decision for me so i i could definitely test the community thing so full disclosure i could not care less <laughs> um about like this this whole community akuna matara stuff um or like like i mean not why that, because why? because when i when i was looking for when i was deciding on a program the way i look at the world is how is the program gonna like benefit my career the most so all this like 
culture stuff and like Kurumatara and like so how. So why Mac? Uh, we're like Ivy and Queen. Because what's okay. your reason? So I'll tell you my reason. I'm flipping this interview. I'll tell you my reason. So number one, uh, I'm actually very similar to you. I want to go to law school as well. So I crossed out U- crossed off U of T because I know that they don't really give out the high GPAs. Same thing with McGill. Even though I applied to both, but even before they got back to me, I was like, I'm not going Do you there. Speak French. No, my French is actually horrible. Oh yeah, you need to fix that. <laughs> Why you need to speak French to go to McGill? I would. I would. And I like. Okay, if you do not know french or spanish learn one of them because i was literally talking to somebody i'm working with next summer she's like if you learn french you're gonna have so many more opportunities because literally there's one person on our team who speaks french and i'm overloaded with work learn french please yeah no that's so, fair learn french please fam but, well, well thank god i'm not going to get either way <laughs> um so then i don't want to go to western because i don't like the whole two years um like in whatever other program and then you transfer to western that was too risky in case my gpa wasn't high because um, how it works is like for anyone listening and you have to have a GPA above 3.8 um, all every, both the years it's really really high yeah I feel like yeah I feel like like one class could mess that up like like one B pl- like one B could get you out the and you only have two years it's not like you have a large sample exactly, size that's crazy exactly. I didn't know that so yeah your GPA has to be above a 3.8 um, so, and the, or, you, or you can't continue in Ivy so I thought that was too risky so I didn't bother applying to Ivy so for me the thing that I was super dead set on through all of high school, not maybe not through all, through most of high school, and something that in grade twelve, like I wanted more than anything was Queens Commerce, and I did not get in. Now, I'm gonna sound like every other Queens Commerce reject, but I'm gonna say this. <laughs> um, number one, I actually think that I it was a lesson learned that I didn't get in because I wanted to get in so badly that I put in so much research and so much time, and my strategy was like I'm gonna get the largest possible sample size of Queens Commerce, like admits get all of their like find all of their supplementaries and just write an average of all of that like just pick up pick all the elements of all those and try to write that what ended up happening is i wrote the most possible basic boring supplementary ever and if anyone listening in i'm a lot of things but boring is not one so i feel like if i i could have been risky i could have been even like what's what i'm looking for um i could have been risky i could have even controversial a little bit which would have made me stick out and at least would have given me like a chance to be recognized. But I think writing a supplementary that made me sound like everyone else did not do me well. Did you put any personality into it? Did you like make puns or jokes or like emojis in there? No, because because there's the thing. Um, so I hired like, I'm not going to name drop this company, but there's a company that gives you like coaching for, for, uh, for all these like supplementary applications, right? So they don't write it for you. They don't. But they read it over. They proofread it. They give you advice. They sit down with you in the beginning and tell you like how you should approach this. And the guy that I worked that worked with me, he he I guess he just he the way he viewed it was like he's gonna get a cut a check. He just didn't feel like the work that he was doing was worth the check. And I think he did management consulting too. So he was looking at it like my hour this just the hours that I'm giving this kid are just not worth what he needs. So like he was kind of treating it like super transactional, like like he would count how many emails that I, we have. We sent Welcome back and to forth. the cold world of business. Um, a yeah. lot of it is like that. It's changing little by little, but for the majority, it's definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of that. So basically, he sent me a template, and he was like, "Yeah, just put in your experience to this template, and then and then fill up your application, and then submit it." And that's what I did. And after I submitted it, I read it back to my parents, and I'm not gonna lie to you, the look that my parents had. They were, it's not like, they just looked at me and they were like, 
That disappointed look there. It's like, it you messed up, but they don't no, want to tell no. you. Yes, yes. But it wasn't even that they're disappointed. It was like, they're disappointed. You know what I mean? In a sense, <laughs> like, like, they looked at it and they told me later, it's not Michael that we were disappointed of, like, of you could do better. Exactly. It's not like we're necessarily disappointed of, like, of what your abilities are, but we just read that and we're like, this does not sound like something that Michael will work on for a month. Like, they just kind of thought, because I worked on, on, on it, for, like, so hard, and they kind of, like, when I sat them down, they were expecting, like, the greatest possible thing. Because even growing up, like, I was actually, like, at a poetry in elementary school, whatever, and I used so, to... Hi, poetry was, like, my thing. I still write... Okay, little side note i have like a canva document with like 100 plus pages of poetry because like when i do have free time i like to write but anyway you continue that i support it but yeah and i also had this thing in high school where i just write essays for no reason like i had a journal where i would just <coughs> i would just like pick a random topic and just like write whatever essay like 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 i i've always been into writing like i've just my journal is very long and i would like I was actually considering like publishing my journal on like for just for just for like just it's because it's a collection of essays, and I feel like I feel like I want to turn it into like a blog. Are they like personal essays or just like no, on worldly not, no, topics? No, they're not personal. Like, is there I one mean, about Trump somewhere in there? Yeah, they're, no, they're a lot. A lot. <laughs> no, there's some personal stuff in there, but I feel like most of it is just like politics, philosophy, even the a lot of theology in there too. Like recently, but it's anyways. So point is, my parents were just not expecting. They were not expecting what I wrote. They were like, Michael, like, I feel like you could just do better. But they only told me that after I got rejected. They don't want to make me like feel bad. But here's the thing, though. Like, I don't agree with taking the average or doing what I have always been that person. I hate what people like following what other people are doing. If you make yourself stand out, if you make yourself different, like maybe like there are going to be some people who are like, what? What is this? But they're also going to make people like, hmm. So I think it's valuable in doing that. No, I totally agree with you. And my whole life, I've been that person. But the problem is, is that I wanted this so badly that I was like, no risks. Play it safe. Guarantee admission. Lower risk, lower reward. If you're into finance, you should know that. Exactly. exactly. No, I learned literally, honestly, I've been studying finance and that's how that's, that's, like, that's how life goes. But um, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I think that was definitely a strategic mistake on my part. But here's the thing that I'm going to say. I'm not regretting my decision. as I'm not regretting how things worked out as much as I thought for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think it's easier to get a high GPA at Mac. Um, number two, I think... Depending on the effort you put in. Fair, out. fair. But generally, I think generally speaking, like from what I speak about at Queens, I think it is just at a 3.9, which is like a really good sweet spot for banking, is much, it just, it's more attainable at Mac, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, here's another thing. I think that there are clubs on campus that do what the Queens, what Queens Commerce does. Does that make sense? Like, like, like you mean like defake opposed exactly, to quick? Exactly. Like, and I, I would argue like because quick is so established, they've been doing this for so long. Like it's so like bureaucratic. Whereas Mac, we're still evolving and learning. And I think that's like what is setting us apart. Like maybe yeah, we don't have like a million dollars in AUM, but like we have a lot of things going for us, and we have the flexibility to adapt because we don't have that million dollars sitting quick, right there. Quick is in the is in the seven figures. I think so. That's crazy. I think wow. so. No, I know, I know. Quick, so, so for context, Quick is the Queens University Investing Council, which is at Queens. That's it's a really big. Like that club's a really big deal. Defic's a big deal too. Like Defic really is a big deal, and they're very exclusive. They're definitely very like, it's like it's difficult to to, like they're 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 very keen on only letting certain people it's into the club. It's two point one million in assets. <laughs> Never mind. That's crazy. That is crazy. So I like 
so basically, I think the things that give Queens Commerce its weight is clubs like that. Clubs are quick. The connections that some of these kids' parents have with like kids, because uh, from what I hear from a lot of people is that the 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 strong suit of Queens Commerce. A lot of these kids, their parents work in consulting, and and or just really speak consulting or banking. All and about so on. connections. Exactly. So most of the time, these connections are like just your your friends' parents. So it's it's much easier because. Like it's much easier to network with a friend. Like it's much easier to get your friends' parents to hire you than some random person that you're coffee chatting. But I honestly do think that Defec has been really able to fill that void, and I think that if you meet with the right people, like Ardena, um, I'm being honest because like I'd say like in September I knew nothing about how to get an internship, and I still don't, I, I still don't have one. But I mean, it's it's still November, and I'm networking, and I think all the things I learned like how to fix up your resume, how to fix up your cover letter, how to network, how to find jobs and postings. These are things that Ardena taught me that Ardena learned in DFIC, I'm assuming. From DFIC, um, I have to give a lot of credit to like Gwinnett Wong, Kaden Huda, um, Owen Marshall, last, president last year. Like I learned from everyone else and I learned from like my classmates and like peers too. Like I'm not going to take credit for anything I know because it's all been from somebody else. So I think, so for anyone that didn't get to Queen's Commerce that's listening in or, or Western Ivy or so on, it's not the end all be all. It's not even close. Like I know a lot of people, like even Ardena can attest to this. A lot of people in at Mag that are getting these sales and trading internships, that are getting these investment making internships, equity research, consulting. Like you can do just as well being from Mag than someone at Queens. You just all you have to do is that work a little bit harder. And by a little bit, I mean only a little bit. You just have to meet the right people, ask the right questions, and network with the right people. Maybe it's a little bit easier to network at Queens, but I think. I, I think you still have a very solid Your experience shot. is what you make of it. Like, if you put the work in, if you really work for what you want, you're going to... And if you don't get it, there's something else out there for you. I strongly believe in that. Yeah. Um, I applied to so many jobs last year, and I landed at Scotia, and I wouldn't regret it for a second because the people I met, the things I did, like, that was invaluable experience, especially as a second year. I don't think that as a second year, I would have been ready going into S&T or IB. Professionally, just no. And I also think that the way I would describe the group is like there is a small proportion, proportionate like amount of kids that are like absolute geniuses that are incredibly hardworking, incredibly driven, like not even the Queen's Commerce Western type. I'm talking like, I'm talking like the Ivy League type. Like, and I'm being serious. I've met some people that are like, some of them are, some of them are on defect. I've met some people that are like incredibly bright, incredibly hardworking. Like I know they're going places and honestly, you just have to surround yourself with those people. Ask them, con- like, constantly, like, pick their brains. And you'll find yourself that, like, your Mac experience will change drastically. It's that golden rule. Like, surround yourself with people smarter than you. And also, like, you're going to learn more from talking to people than in classrooms and in textbooks. I strongly believe in that. Like, I've learned more about different career paths by coffee chatting than I have by going on Google or Wall Street Oasis or whatever I might be. And I'm always like, if I don't know something about a topic, my first thing isn't Google. Sometimes it is. But no, my first thing is like IBH group chat or some of my friends because I know that they probably have an opinion on it and the information on it. And I'd rather know all the research they accumulated than starting from scratch and figuring it out on my own first. So I want to kind of like, I want to ask you the question that I already kind of answered. So how how big of a difference do you think your experience would have been at a, a target school like uh, like Rotman, like Western Ivy, like Queens Commerce, like the Smith School of Business, um, than than if because you, you are the group. So how how like how do you think that your career would have shaped out to be if you were at any of those schools? 
Okay, like I said, I started out wanting law. And I don't necessarily know that Queen's Commerce or like Ivy would have been necessarily the right choice for that. We'll disclaim, not necessarily on the law path right now, but it's still a possibility. Um, and the other thing is I'm naturally very, very, very shy. Like I said, small town, small schools. It takes a while for me to open up. And I think it would have been a lot more difficult when I would be in programs with like 800 kids. Like even Mac Commerce would have been extremely difficult for me. So I think the smaller program definitely made that difference. Um, and yeah, I think that the other thing is I didn't know I liked finance till second year. So the fact that I didn't know that and I would have been going to like this fancy target school, I could have been roped in earlier per se. I could have maybe had opportunities earlier, but I don't know that. Um, this is all speculation of what would have happened. I think that, like you said, the name is extremely important and to an extent, but it's what you make of it. So if you go to Queens and Ivy and you just don't do anything, it's not going to help you. It potentially might because people might see the name on your resume and be like, hmm. But if you go to Mac and you make the most of your experience, you do extra clears, you land internships, you network, very important. I think you can have the same experience even better. Um, so long story short, I just think that I think it would have been more difficult for me at first. I maybe might have adopted, but I, I can't say for sure that I would have. Well, that's fair. And by the way, guys, like I, I promise you guys, there's nothing in it for me. Like I'm not lying to you guys. I truly, I know people at TMU, which is so Toronto Metropolitan University, formerly known Ryers, as Ryerson. <laughs> not, not even, not like Max. Let, let it be said that Max is semi-target school. TMU is like an inverse target school. Like no one, no one, no one but targets. People still get exactly. because it's in downtown it's, and no, the but, networking. But it's not just that. It's be, it's forget the downtown, the networking. There are people like even York, and not, 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 not talking about Shula, just your commerce, like wherever you are i know people that are from programs that just like those suspect are not have no prestige to them at all and they're doing really really well like i know a guy that networked sorry sorry he networked his way into an ib job at rbc and then he moved up from that to some like other another ib job at goldman sachs like he's doing really well i think i think he's in i think he just graduated a year or two ago and he's and he graduated from tmu what does and he do now i think i think he works in ib like in, in Goldman or RBC or like I'm not sure honestly I don't think I don't think he I don't think he I don't think I think Goldman Sachs uh, like give him a, a return offer to go work in NYC but I think he turned it down to be close to families so I think he is working in IB uh, but I think it's one of the banks I'm not sure that's the other thing I wanted to say like my family's 45 minutes from here if I went to Kingston it would have been a lot farther yeah. Western yeah but like again like i said london is a little too close to home so the point is that that guy like he's doing really well because he played her off right like he's a smart guy of course but he, he worked hard he networked so on i know people at queens that like no disrespect like i'm looking at their linkedin and it's like these these like no no hate to anyone but these advantages that everyone talks about queen's commerce if i would have changed the degree and put any other school i could not tell difference and obviously there's a bit of there's a there's a part of responsibility to be involved and to reach out so maybe they're not doing that but all i'm saying is that these target schools are great but they're really expensive they're charging a, a really high premium for these connections i don't think are worth it if you're if you're driven if you're smart i think you'll make it do you really think that you, you should be paying i think it's like 20 grand for yeah, a degree 21, a year 21, really when you expensive. can just get linkedin premium for a year and it's cheaper and you can exactly. just network when i started approaching coffee chats like trying to get a job second year was all transactional when i went beyond that and i just tried to make friends and not friends but like professional connections i guess quote unquote and learn things from people that's when it got so much better so i think that you have to have that right mindset or else you're getting nowhere 
So I'll ask my second question. So um, I'm in second year. I'm going to be super honest. Um, in my first year, I did not know anything about how to like properly land an internship. Like I honestly, like my resume wasn't looking good. My cover letter was dry. Neither was mine. And honestly, and I, I in all fairness, I did not really like give defect its due. Like I wasn't really attending their stuff. People ask me what's defect. I'll be like, oh, like just this club with a bunch of like finance kids, you know, attend. But honestly, clubs like defect are really, really, really beneficial. And now I'm I'm trying to kind of get in the defect bubble. I'm attending more of their more like more of their their events and and what do they call it? like seminars. Not like seminars. Seminars, conferences, yeah, learning sure. sessions. But like also like it's such a it's a really motivating group. Like when yeah. you surround yourself with ambitious, motivated yes. people who want to do really well, it's incredible how no, more everyone at Defic is honestly so like is doing so well. It's actually crazy. Like everyone at Defic is like has their life together <laughs> and like is like Okay, okay. I don't know if so much having your life together as it is like making it like especially on my end. I'm kind of a hot mess, but I definitely make it look together. No, but that's the thing, guys. If Ardena is a hot mess, like who, like Lord knows what everyone else. <laughs> no, that's not. Is that's like. not true. I think like I was ha- okay, and I think I can say this is perfectly fine to like disclaim. I was talking to a bunch of people the other day. Like these are people who've been doing IB internships, S and T, extremely successful, doing well in school, and they're like, "I'm lost. I have no idea what I want to do with my life," and that's okay. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. I'm taking it day by day. Um, I was talking to, I was having a coffee chat yesterday, actually. And we were talking about why it's kind of stupid, like having a spreadsheet with like a one, two, three, four, five year plan when you just go by vibes. It's, it sounds bad. Like I wouldn't necessarily say go in an interview with a MD for IB and say, oh, I just go off vibes. But honestly, it's the truth. Like your intuition is going to get you farther than any kind of numeric or set out plan in your life trust your gut so um that's fair that's fair so my second question kind of i know it's crazy if only, i've already asked one question so far <laughs> but like my second you know serious question is so for the for some of like the first and second years that are kind of lost that like maybe they know what they want to do but they just don't have, really have any experience they don't really know how to get in the industry like um what can they in do finance from specifically one? sure I think with anything, getting involved with a school club is a great way to start. Like, I know for me, first year, I was online, so I didn't really do much. Um, I was a part of Mac Barbell right from the get-go because I'm like, okay, I lift. I can I can go with this. Um, but I would just attend, like, DFIC events, um, DWIB events, which is DeGroot Women in Business, um, the consulting events, the DCA. Um, I just kind of, like, watch and learn and see, like, does this interest me? Um, I also attended a lot of the, like, the pre-law society sessions and the woman in pre-law. Um and I did that in second year as well, but especially because everything was online. You can just like be doing your homework and multitask and watch, which honestly, like, do you get the full experience? Maybe not, but it's a good way to like kind of assimilate the information. Um, so start out with that. And I think that in second year, like put yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. Like for me, I I didn't know I liked finance till after I took my finance course second year, first semester, right? But then I like worked my butt off and I got into DFIC for second semester, Um and I really like push myself to like learn and grow as much as possible. So I think that one is getting involved and also like talking to your friends, talking to classmates, talking to professors. I think we see professors as too intimidating. Like I would say like my first year, I definitely thought like Dr. Maud was a bit intimidating, some of my other profs, but like when you talk to them, like they're human too. They had their struggles. They had their doubts. If you talk to them about their PhD journey, if they have a PhD, like it's going to be, 
a very long-winded conversation, but they're going to be very candid with you. And the so thing I, is, I've talked to all the professors, and I have no like I have no fear going at the professor and starting a conversation. Like it comes really easy to me. Must be nice. But I mean, honestly, it's it's a blessing and a curse to be honest. Sometimes <laughs> I'm too comfortable talking though, and it gets me in trouble. But uh, <coughs> so you guys, you know that guy earlier that tried that Bob Doctor Ahmed? That was me. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but honestly, it, it could have been. So, but like the problem is, I've noticed all these professors. They don't like no disrespect to the degree professors, but a lot of them they just they've been out of the workforce for so long that when I ask them questions like practical questions about the industry or how to kind of lend their positions, a lot of them don't. They just they're not of much help. And that's why the coffee chats are really good in networking. So I would say again, another thing to push yourself out of your comfort zone: go on LinkedIn. Or alternatively, talk to people on these school clubs and see what professional connections they have. And again, approach it in that you want to learn from them. Your only value you're getting from their conversation is like learning more about them and getting to learn more about yourself as a result because you're saying, you're thinking to yourself while they're speaking, this sounds cool, this doesn't, I like this, I don't. So that's another really good way to do it. Um, Again, LinkedIn is wonderful for this. I spent way too much time on it. Um, And I think that once you find your specific like niche or something you're really interested in go farther um try to like move up on clubs or start your own thing like you don't necessarily have to do something that's already been done like there's a lot of entrepreneurial um opportunities out there so like making your own thing if you can um i think mac has like a i think it's called forge or something like that that supports those kind of things um there's one other thing i was going to talk about oh i think it was like about when you mentioned like the professors have been out of the workforce for a long time Mac has a lot of good resources with like the career counseling, academic advising and stuff. But for finance especially, I feel like they don't really understand how competitive the industry actually is. Like if you talk to profs and some like academic advisors, like I worked with um, Linda Stockton who helps with the case comps and she's wonderful. She understands like it's dog eat dog, which it can be. Um, I think they're a little bit removed from that. So I think you can't rely on any one source, which is why I'm saying professors, peers, professionals go all um, routes that you can. And I know it's really scary in first and second year. Like I, like I said, I didn't do much first year. I was like stuck at home in my basement studying all day. But like once you do put yourself out there, you learn so much and you're like, I just want to do more. And that's where the momentum comes in. And that's where you just keep learning and growing, um, which I think is another way of saying being a little bit stressed out, but in a good way. So kind of to sum it up, so what are the things that you Yeah, to say? sum up my tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, all good, all good. No, 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 It's not like that. So to sum up, so you said, net, we said network um, with professionals, professors, and your peers. Mm-hmm. And then second point for like just, just getting in the industry. What's your, what was the second kind of? I think relying on a variable sources of information. So not just like those professionals, p- professionals, professors, your peers, um, look into different like Wall Street Oasis is actually really underrated, really good. Reddit threads, um, doing your research from there as well. Um, and I think maybe the second thing is like getting involved with those clubs and organizations and trying to move up over the years. Like first year, just kind of attend things. Um, um, just kind of attend things. And then second, third year, try to get a role on the exec team and move up from there. Um, I think just like, so like, to sum up my tangent again, first one is the networking kind of portion. Second one is the getting involved. And third, okay. Okay, this is kind of like off, but I was thinking about this the other day and I was talking with my roommate about it. We spend so much time learning about stuff in school from our textbooks, from our lectures. We do research on jobs. We prepare for interviews. But we spend like zero time learning about ourselves. 
So I think honestly, the third tip would just be sit down with yourself, write in your journal, even just like talk with yourself for a bit, which sounds weird, but it really does help. What do you actually want? Because you're doing all this external research and you're absorbing all this information. You can very easily just like follow the Kool-Aid or drink the Kool-Aid or whatever that term is. Um, but you might not, you might be in a spot where you're not doing something that's actually yours and something that's intrinsically true to you. Mm-hmm. So third tip, learn about yourself. Try to meet yourself, especially like I like doing, like if you speak another language, Google like a prompt list and every single day, like look at a prompt, a question or whatever to learn more about yourself and answer it in a different language. Great way to learn mm-hmm. about yourself and great way to practice language. That's, that's interesting. I've never, I've never heard that before. I feel like learning about yourself, like, Trying to get all philosophical and self-reflective and so on about yourself in a language that probably isn't your first language is probably tough. No? It can be, but it really pushes you to learn, right? And I think that, too, like, we're so used to having everything so quickly. Like, we can search up things or do things in a second. So, actually having to sit down and be reflective and philosophical, quote-unquote, is Mm -hmm. very difficult. And I think something we have to do more of. Well, that's fair. Okay, so next question is, it's, it's very similar to the first one. I mean, I guess we kind of led up to it. The second question is, so the crazy competitive and like the th- things that everyone kind of wants to to really get into um, kind of industry are, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say they're the, the, fi- the, the, the finance trio and con- major consulting. So when I say the finance trio, I'm talking about um, IB, so investment banking, equity research and sales and trading. So let's just say that these, let's talk about these four. So those three plus major consulting, everyone that's kind of, that's, in the industry, when they when they're graduating out of school, that's what that's where they want to go. Or at least, um, if they care about you know experience, prestige, money, that's where someone that cares about those things would want to go. So, um, tell me more about like if, if someone was in, get kind of interested in breaking it into those industries, how would one do so? How would should one approach it differently? So for example, how should one approach networking for IB differently than networking for management consult like management consulting? Um, and so on and so forth and like I'm saying if 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 you're in first year and you want to get an IB internship by the end of your fourth year what can you do early on to like maximize your chances like as much as possible okay so I'll go back to that previous question and like the networking is so important like talking to as many people as you can really taking an interest in their job and the role and learning more about it so when you do write your cover letters, you tailor your resume, you have your interviews, you actually know what you're doing in the job. Because that was something I really messed up when I had my first sales and trading interview. I had no idea what it was. I genuinely did not. So I think that that's, um, so like doing your research and actually having an understanding of what you're applying for. The second thing is those technical skills. (laughs) Um, So what you learn in school is not what you apply in the industry whatsoever. Like you get theoretical, like big picture concepts, but like if you look at the IB sales and trading guide, the breaking into Wall Street guide, you have to know that. You really do. So I think that one way that I approached it and it really was helpful, open up those guides, pick five to 10 questions a day, whatever you can handle based on your capacity and just learn them. Write them down, quiz yourself until you understand them. Use whatever external resources you have to. Extra books, YouTube videos, professors if they know, professionals, whatever, and learn those technical skills because they're going to be... I think it's like the technical skills you have to know regardless and then your personality and if the person wants to work with you is what sets you apart. So, so sorry, jump in. I want to jump in really quickly. What about the Bloomberg uh, market concept? Courses? Everyone should have that. Okay. Everyone. It's like because it's free from school. 
so what's yeah. stopping you from going and doing i almost paid for it the other day by the way because they i, I was i, I texted have... you about this so okay. i if you're a student never pay for anything until you look into if you can get it for free but the problem never. is the problem is is that sometimes the schools don't advertise this so when i actually searched up the group bloomberg blah 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 nothing came up it's only it's only when um i was gonna i made i, I made an account with my personal email that they were like um Put in your school email in case your school, like apparently all of kids have been making this mistake. Put in your school email to see if you qualify for free. I was like, I'm going to make it. It's probably not like I would know. How much was it, by the way, to buy? I almost I almost bought it. It was like 150 for the student and then 250 for like if you're not a student. That's not too bad, actually. No, but 150 a year for. I, oh, I, a year? A year. Oh, wait, for like the course? No, like to like have access to all, all the courses for one year. Okay, okay. So okay. you have one year to complete whatever you'd like. I was going to say, to have access to the terminal is like thousands a year, like even yeah. more so. No, that's just 150 and that, <laughs> let's stick with the student discount. If your school doesn't, I guess, ha- offer you the, the, the free discount. And then it's 250 if you're just a professional. But yeah, sorry. So you were talking about... Um, I said like those first and second year skills, the networking, um, the technical skills. And then honestly bringing that uniqueness to yourself kind of like we talked about before with like your cover letter um or whatever like or your queen's application like i sit down and i like think like what's gonna make them read the first line and be like what is this girl on but still make them intrigued to read so i think like the first line of my cover letter for like consulting roles last year was like and i interviewed for a couple of these so i know they worked i'm not just saying like and don't copy me like this is just like I really went off in the rest of the paragraphs. I think the first line was like when I was a like a little kid, I wanted to be an actress. When you're in management consulting or in finance, and you read that first line. It's like what? But I think that's what set me apart. And then when I was interviewing, I was. How did you how did you transition from I want to be an actress to. Oh, I was like I talked about how like it wasn't so much like the like because I mm, I should probably bring it up actually. But I think I went from like I thought it was because I liked the like the being on the stage and talking to people but really I liked exploring new perspectives seeing things from new roles being able to look at things in a bunch of different ways and then I go into how that drew me to IBH seeing the humanities side of business and then I'm like this is how that could apply to consulting and finance so I spun it don't worry um where was I going from that? <laughs> you talk, so you were talking about um I actually don't remember oh yeah so like that and then when I'm in interviews like, I'm myself. Like, I'm obviously a little bit more professional and formal. But, like, if I have the chance to make a little joke that's going to make them laugh and see my personality, I'm going to. Because at the end of the day, if you're in a second or third round interview, they're going to pick who they want to work with the most. And so if they can't really see who they're actually going to be working with and you're, like, a stone-cold robot, unless you have perfect technicals, it's probably going to be the funner person, the more fun person, whatever it may be. Which, which by the way, it's... It's I, I, I think that's kind of how the world works. It's not a positive. Like, I think I've I know a lot of people who are like, like, it's like the people who work hard and are geniuses don't always win. Exactly. Exactly. I know a lot of people that are like um, in engineering and computer science that are like that are geniuses and they're really, really good at their jobs. But their social skills are kind of, you know, lacking. They're not maybe their personality isn't as charming as some other people and they miss out on a lot of promotion. So if you have a really like, you know, if you have charisma, if you have a charming personality, um, really downplay that. Like, really use that um, to your advantage because it can get you really far. And I think that's the value of coffee chatting and networking in the first two years as well because my first coffee chats were probably, like, 
awful like if I look back on them now I probably cringe um but like I've learned and grown from that and now my communication skills my interpersonal skills are like way better so that's something else you have to learn and that's why again that's why I said I don't think I would have been ready for ST or IB or anything my second year okay so leading up to that you're talking a lot about networking so like I'm just not really sure does networking really work because I just don't like I've been doing it a lot but having these coffee chats I probably have like an average of what like two coffee chats a day for the past a day no, no, like not like only for the past week or so. Like okay, past, okay, that's okay. That's for the okay. past, for maybe for the past two weeks and maybe for the next week and a half, just during the season, I'm probably having two coffee chats, two coffee chats a day. So I'm meeting with a lot of people, like a lot of people, and maybe I don't know, maybe in the in the past twenty five that I've met with, I've met two people who flat out told me, you know what, I like you, apply, and I'll give you a referral. Means, but then the rest of them are like. Oh, you know what? Uh, now, either they tell me to network with more people that can refer me, or they just tell me to, or they just, they just like give me, some don't give me good advice, some don't give me good advice. But I wasted tens of hours. I'm not really sure how that time is really gonna benefit me. Like, like is it supposed to be like, oh, they give me knowledge of the position so I can leverage that at the interview? It's supposed to be like they refer me. Is it like I'm hoping that they're the ones that are gonna like review my application, or the, they're the ones that are gonna like be conducting my interview so that's gonna like give me an advantage like what is what's the secret sauce that makes networking actually useful it's not having that attitude, <laughs> which is gonna sound bad but the attitude you have is like very transactional it's like what can this person do for me which i understand i was there too but i think the better attitude you guess you're to have... like coming from my life like that anyway. <laughs> i'm sorry no, no, continue. but the better attitude i have is just like talking to people learning because like this is how people break up their work days like when i was at scotia I didn't spend seven and a half hours working. I spent like a few hours here and there in meetings and talking to people and learning. People want to do this and you want to do this. And so I think, yeah, when you are referred to other people, if somebody says, oh, you should talk to this person, be like, okay, great. I get to learn more. I get to learn about a new person. Because like even like two weeks ago, I talked to someone from Deloitte and they told me to talk to somebody else. And those were two such wonderful conversations, wonderful individuals. And like, I'm not asking them to like refer me. I don't. I don't I don't need that I don't want that I want to learn about them and from them um and honestly they were just wonderful people I enjoyed it um and so I think that's that's the right attitude to have and also like just keep going coffee chats are hit and miss I've had my fair share of ones like I don't want to talk to that person ever again and I've had my fair share of ones like I want to talk to this person every day oh they're <laughs> wonderful so it's hit or miss like take as much of it as much from it as you possibly can so they say yeah I want to refer to you like use that if they say talk to somebody else do it and if they say like keep in touch keep in touch because i think in the long run you're probably going to coffee chat hundreds of people but you should have i want to say like a it depends on the person but like a solid few that you keep in touch with like talk to them a couple times a year send them emails send them like happy holidays happy new so year how, just, whatever so i was gonna ask you actually how should i keep in touch with them just happy holidays happy new year what else yeah i think those are good ways to do it and if you have questions and come up ask them and maybe try to touch base with them once mm -hmm. or twice a year like if there's somebody i really just love their energy yeah. like for example i did a podcast with my scotia recruiter jordan daniels she energizes me so much by the man. way jordan does not like me she has she refuses to meet with me jordan if you're okay. watching this okay but here's she's very busy first of all and when you do meet with her you're gonna see exactly what i see in that no, she energy. seems really nice from what she you say she is wonderful but she i swear she like i i think i emailed her twice and i think i think she's just too busy for me she doesn't have time for me i'm okay, not i'm not her but level. you have to realize recruiters have people emailing them all day every day 
You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start putting asterisks in my emails. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start being like, if you don't respond to this email, like I'm gonna pull Jimmy Kimmel, this invisible hamster will die. Like <laughs> I'm gonna start pulling those because I want to meet with her so badly because Scorchiness makes such a perfect such a like it makes such perfect sense for like your, as your first summer internship because of the whole plum profile thing with no resume or at least so I thought. But I do think it's a good place to grow too. Like I would 100% see a possible career there. Um, Again, I have to be careful saying that because I am at a different bank next summer and I'm sure my experience there will be wonderful as well. So again, I'm going with the flow. But like your experience is what you make of it again. And there are really good culture, great learning environment and really wonderful people. So yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess <laughs> this man's like, I don't she, know she about that. Ta- she, keeps ta- yeah, she keeps talking about culture. I, I, I couldn't care less about that. That's why I'm getting, I'm just getting, I'm getting turned off. But um, here's what I'll say. I, I think that, I, I, I think that Scotiabank is really interesting the way that they did the, the plum profile thing. However, I just had a coffee chat with a Scotiabank recruiter who I leave unnamed the other day. <laughs> who basically broke my heart because she told me. I basically, I lied to her. I was like, you know what? I really value my resume. I just, I want to make sure that like my resume is being seen. Like I, I was trying to like reverse my psychology my way into like, you know, her telling me like, I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that my, like I wanted to understand like, is there like a back end where they see, view my resume? Because I just didn't buy it. There's like, how do yeah, you hire someone? Yeah, that's when you go into full time and they actually look at it. No, no, but do you know what she told me? She was like, oh, don't worry. Like, I mean, of course we look at your plum profile, but like before every, we send any applicant out, like for, we said before we shortlist any applicant for interview, we stalk the LinkedIn. So it's basically like. They really do. I have LinkedIn premium. I've seen them looking. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, so it's basically like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing your, I'm seeing your resume. So just cl- like, clean up your LinkedIn because it's going to basically, it's going to be, it's going to be like your online resume. And I was like, really so what, is. so what's the purpose of what are you, so what are you guys doing? I'm trying to hide that. Like. Yeah, it is kind of a flawed system, but like, I mean, it motivates you to spend more time on LinkedIn. Like, uh, if I, I turned off the like how many hours I spend on my devices because I just it's not healthy. But yeah. um, if 20 I twenty hours at, on LinkedIn. Okay, per, per week it's probably like three or four hours. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I feel like LinkedIn's actually really easy to get off because LinkedIn, as you scroll, but you it learn makes you so depressed. Much. It, makes, it, it makes you so depressed. You depre- learn so much. You learn so much, but as you scroll, the worse and worse you feel that you just want to click off. I've noticed that. I think that. that's a bad way of approaching. <laughs> no, that's a it's a horrible way of approaching. But I just my it's, guys, it's my experience. I also think I wanna I wanna like counter your culture thing. People talk about it's oh it's the organization it's the bank it's whatever that makes the culture. No, it's the people. And so if you don't care about the culture, you're basically saying you don't care about the people you're working with. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I like it is. if everyone around me is super nice and super rude, like that's gonna reflect in the culture. Then then you should no, but care that's about what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That I'm saying. My 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 environment like it matters to me less than it matters to other people. Like some people are willing to like change their entire career over like, oh I don't like the culture in this industry. Oh I don't like this whole finance bro culture. I'm gonna leave finance. I'm gonna leave banking. I'm like that's crazy to me because I could never care about other people enough to do that. Not that I don't care about people, but people, like if I like what I'm doing, there is nothing that you can do to like stop me. There's do you also know what I mean? like, it depends on the group. It depends on like the the area of the bank or the area of IB you're in. Because there's like the fig group, the div group, the whatever. Like culture is going to change from every single one. So you don't have to necessarily lead the industry. You just have to find like where you fit best. 
No, like that's fair. But what I'm trying to say is like for me, the priority is learning what I will excel at, what I will like. And then if the culture isn't like. But if, if you want to like if, cry if, in the washroom every single day at work because the culture is awful. Then do you care? Like, no place is that bad. Um, Come on. You like, haven't spent enough time on Wall Street Oasis, my dude. Name drop, name drop one place. Like, no, I'm not going to name drop. Okay. I'm not going to, because I don't know where I'm going in the future. We'll talk, we'll talk about after. Okay, okay. after. <laughs> but all I'm going to say is like, like I said, I, I, if, if I like something, I'm like, I'm just, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just less sensitive to the people. But for me, I'm not saying that I will enjoy a, a poor work culture. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there are people. Okay, good. That was my concern. No, no, definitely not. But I'm saying is I think I'm just more tolerant of it than other people. And I'm, I'm much more intolerant of work that I don't like. Like some people could be in a job that they're not very enthusiastic about. And you, they'll never say that, but they could tell. Yeah, like because when you ask somebody like about their job, you ask them about the job, they'll tell you nothing. They'll just talk about the people, the culture. Some people that matter to them more than the job are the exact opposite. If I like what I'm doing, I don't really care less about the, the culture. Or, I, or not that I don't care, but I, I care much, much, much less. I will say we do put too much focus on it and that our generation is too sensitive. I straight agree. Up. Thank you. <laughs> no, Thank straight you. up. I think that we hear about all these like horror stories about like endless like sleeping under their office like desk or whatever. And like how like <coughs> I was talking to someone who said like her Hello. boss used to measure her margins on her PowerPoint. That would make someone quit today. But like no, you that, need that, to have that those sucks. experience to learn. You have to. And if you cannot handle it, then leave the industry. Because but here's what you I'll need say. to be able to do that. I don't feel bad for IBs. I'll tell you why I don't feel bad for them. Because they get they paid chose pretty, it. No, 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 no. It's not even that. They get paid pretty well. That's true. And so, like, I just feel like there's a risk. There's everything for everyone. And also, like, they get all these exit ops. Like, they can just leave That's whenever. True. Like, all these hedge funds are looking to hire them all the time. So, I don't feel bad for them. Because, number one, I, I'm kind of jealous of them. Um, <laughs> because, honestly, like, okay, look, personally, the whole, for me, the whole, like, if, if my boss was out here, like, like what, what he was measuring at what, what was he doing the he measuring was, the margins on the powerpoint oh my god like i would i think i would i would belt if if my boss said that to me but but however you would learn from it and no, you get no, better but in addition it. to that the whole long hours thing of sleeping on my office i would do that gladly in fact i actually prefer, i actually i'm looking for internships like i prefer an internship with long hours like i actually prefer i feel like I can't believe I cannot, guys. I'm sorry. I cannot believe I'm quoting Logan Paul right now. <laughs> but listen, listen. I, he probably got this from someone smarter than him. But like, Logan Paul <laughs> once said on his podcast, um, advice for all the twenty year old, like twenty to thirty, like people in their twenties out there, is find what you're good at, find what you like, hone down, um, do it all day long for crazy amount of hours, get really good at that, and then leverage that to 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 get an edge position and to relax and to like have a more stable life in your thirties, and I and I think that's a that's a great approach. Like right now, I'm nineteen. For the next ten years, I'm gonna have I'm gonna be young. I'm gonna like I'm gonna be I'm gonna have energy. I'm gonna be able to do these like eighty hundred hour work weeks. There's gonna come a time where it doesn't matter how much I try it. I'm just gonna be old. Like I'm gonna like Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett can't can't like come on. Like Warren Buffett can barely. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, I hundred percent understand, and I, I agree with that. But I think that. Yes, work your ass off during your 20s or whatever it is, but also like don't forget to live because when you have all that energy in the 20s, like yes, use it to like further yourself, make yourself a better person professionally, but also personally, don't miss out on life because of work. 
I agree and disagree. I agree and disagree. I'll tell you why I agree and disagree. To a, like, I don't think to it's extent, like a 50-50 thing. I think it, it goes back and forth. Here's what I think. Um, I think that for me personally, I've always been the person that's willing to like sacrifice all like social life, personal life, and all that stuff for school. Problem is, I'm not disciplined enough to do that. Like, I <laughs> wish I had the self-discipline to like, to like work all day long. I'm just weak. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just, but if I, if I was like, if I had the self-control to like wake, like the only people that, w- that wakes up at 4 a.m. and to like, to like shower first thing in the morning, to like track stocks, to like, to like do homework like first thing in the morning, to then go to class. Like, I, I wish I had that discipline and I think that if I was like an easy binary, I would be very easily like be able to make that sacrifice. But I, but you but what I've, about the quality of your life? Do you think it would go down if you did that? No, honestly, I think it'd be happier, like personally. Just like not talk to people and just no, like work like, all day? I just think like, I just think that if I was like, I think that I would rather be the best, the best person at what I do and maybe like not see my families often than be like the family man that like sucks at his job. You know what I mean? I do, but like, I, like, this sounds, sounds so hard. kind of sad. It does it, sound sad. But no, no, but I'm not saying forever. I'm saying during during growth yeah, period. Yeah, when you're young and during you have 20s. nothing to like, when you're young and you don't have kids, you don't have like a partner. I think that's okay. But when you do, like, I've talked to so many people who are like, yeah, I got into IB, then I had a kid, and then my wife told me to leave. No, of <laughs> so course, I, no, like, the problem, no, no. Actually, it's not just IB. It's yeah. also I know a lot of people in corporate law, and they yeah. like that they loved they love what they did, and they were making really good money. They had a wife, they had kids. And then it just all went downhill. I would, okay, listen though. I would work 80, 100 hours a week, but I want like an hour or two with my friends. I don't want to laugh my ass off with them and I want to enjoy life because if I don't have that, like I'm going to go nuts. Like I, I, like I said, I'm shy, but at the same time I recharge through talking to people. Like if I sit in my room and study all day, great. I got so much work done. I'm being successful about all that shit. But like at the same time, I have no energy and then I'll go out and like I'll call my friends I'll FaceTime someone and I'm like so much better so I do need that I think it's different for everyone but that's how I no, how that's I fair, that's fair. I honestly I honestly agree I feel like no same I feel like for me like if I don't socialize but you just said you could give it all up and no, like, no, no, no no give up like give up like no like I mean such social people like I just feel like the way I'm wired like I can never like like I can, you can, like my job can never be sitting in a corner of an office not speak to people at all like, I'll give you an example. A job where, like, I'm speaking to people, I'm speaking to clients, uh, I'm taking flights, whatever it may be, and I'm, I'm, and I'm kind of doing things, and I'm doing that 100 hours a week, I could do that. Like, listen, it might it might suck a little bit um, that maybe I'm not speaking to family or friends or so on, I'm doing these things, going out, but I'll, like, like, my brain is, like, my it's my brain is wired to, to handle it. No, yeah, I understand. Like, you but do have to make endless, sacrifices exactly. at some point, but, like, not forever and not always. No, but I'm saying is if I just like if you put me in a corner, you told me do not speak to anyone for the next. But there's not really a job. But out hypothetically, there like that. Hypo- no, no, a- but no, no, but there are analyst pos- there are like analyst positions where there you speak to people like barely, and you're and half most of your day you're sitting at your, your desk talking to no one. Those jobs, I would not last a, like a year in those jobs. But I think it's also like you are told to do that you don't necessarily have to listen which again maybe not going to make you the best of the job but like if you leave your desk for five minutes and go talk to a colleague a superior you learn something nothing's gonna happen to no, but no, no but but that's the thing i don't want to be that guy that's floating around the office uh waste people's time socializing i want to be the guy that like my job requires social you're like social yeah, 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 yeah. does that make sense yeah. because i've been that guy before that's like 
flirt out with people's time at the office or like at, in class or whatever. I would say people appreciate that type of guy. People though. appreciate. No, no, here's the thing. Everyone appreciates that type of guy except the person that hired you. Uh, yeah, I can see that. You know what I, I mean? I can see that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so no, listen. Like, it gives you the, if you're that guy, you have a reputation of being like liked, but you also have a reputation of being lazy, even if you're not lazy. It's just your brain. Like you just because you look like you're you. not doing stuff. Yes, but like, that's what it is. Some of us, they just we just have to speak to people to like function. Like I just can't. Like if I don't socialize, like I go crazy. I can't explain it. Like it's no, I feel you. I, I feel you. I can't explain it. So okay, we we talked a lot about this. I want to move on to like a really interesting thing. So next question is about the diversity scholarships. Now, I don't get how people are getting these because these scholarships are a really big deal, guys. So basically, long story short, I'm gonna explain it. Maybe I did I can add um, some of these um, financial institutions like the big banks. They're offering a like you know an, an internship position where um, you apply and then um, alongside that there's like you know usually like a, a very substantial scholarship that comes along with the internship so usually like ten grand or so and so you get the ten grand and you get the the internship and there's like another diversity there's another there's there's a longer interview process to get that yeah, yeah. so listen I want to leverage whatever diversity that I have. <laughs> Listen, I this is, I'm I'm not really sure. I don't know how I feel about diversity scholarships because I feel like sometimes they're done wrong and they're so focused on like, oh, you look diverse, not that like you think, not like, not like yeah. you had diverse experiences. Like virtue signaling for the firms who do it. Yes, yes, a lot of a lot of firms do that, a lot of like across all industries. So that's just kind of my two cents. I feel like firms need to be making sure they're looking for people that have diverse experiences and not say look diverse, but. For me, listen, like, if I ever got, like, a capital markets internship, and then plus just, a, like, a random 10K check to pay off school, like, like in my community... It'd be pretty blessed. Fa- no, no, I wouldn't be pretty blessed. Here's, here's, here's what, it, what it would be. Okay, okay. I would just retire. Like, I feel like at that Wait, point... What? No, like, I feel like at that point, like, I've made it so far in life that I've, I've just proven... About, like, I don't need to work anymore. Like, I feel like... But you're... It's it's an intern role. You no, haven't even... but but you've... At that point, I feel like you've accomplished so much... But, like, but you really haven't. You no, haven't even no. started the job yet. Or did I, but I don't think you understand. Like, if I did, listen, 10K scholarship plus a capital markets internship, the the amount of pride that I would bring to my parents, the amount of the amount of like glory that I would bring to my community, like that's a really for me. I don't know why make no one's making a big deal out of this. For someone to hire you, plus give you write you a 10K check, for not even not doing anything, like before like. Like, before you start your first day, that check is going to be given to you either way. Like, that's crazy. Actually, that's not true. It's given to you once you start. No, it doesn't matter. But (laughs) your name is on that check from day one. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, guys, Ardena got one of the scholarships. So she's going to talk about how uh, we're going to all get ones too. Okay, okay. So I applied for five of these last year, like, for... For each of the five banks? Or do do all the five banks have them? Okay, okay. There I know RBC has one. CIBC, CIBC has BMO, one. TD, the National. There's one more. I don't think it was a bank. I think it was like a, it was like a smaller firm or whatever. Switch Sco- doesn't have one. I don't think so. But anyway, so I applied for five. I interviewed for two, and that was purely purely from networking. And these, this is the thing. I had these relationships before I applied for the scholarships. Before I knew they were things, and I just leveraged them. For BMO specifically, I literally just had another coffee chat with an individual and I mentioned that I applied. I didn't ask for a referral. I just mentioned it about, I want to say a couple days later. So they liked you so much that they referred you? 
Yeah, like I guess it just worked out. Like this guy, he was also creation. So like it's the Balkan solidarity uh, that always helps. Okay, um, okay. And so you know I, what, you know what, you're so right because the two people that that said that they they wouldn't mind referring me for that consulting um, inter- internship position at KPMG. They were both Arab. I'm telling you, whenever I see like a Balkan last name on LinkedIn, I'm like, hit that connect no. button. It's because no. those are man. my What's people. Those are my, they understand each other. But anyway. No, no continue, continue. <laughs> so I leveraged both of those relationships to, oh, sorry. I leveraged the one for um, the one bank and the other one was actually somebody else that referred me when that person needed more applicants. Um, and so that's how I got into the interview processes. Um. And so I had also been attending events from there. So I was just getting in front of recruiters, getting in front of different individuals who are involved in that process. So again, just networking, networking, networking. Um, but I also think the other thing is like a lot of these diversity scholarships, they have like essay portions or more rigorous interview processes. And so I, again, I approached that essay portion very differently. I tried to be as unique as possible. Um, and also like focusing on like why, why this diverse candidate would want to be in finance in these roles. Um, and then during the interview, it's like, it was pretty. Okay, so a couple of questions. Yeah. So hypothetically, so, I mean, you are a woman. So tell me if, you, if, if a woman is applying to this, how should they leverage that? If someone that's um, a visible minority, how should they leverage that? If someone's LGBT, how should they leverage that? If someone is, has a disability, how should they leverage that? Like, how should someone approach each ways that he's diverse in to leverage that? Because, because I'm just not like, half 50 of the population are women so i feel like everyone's gonna sound like oh i just felt like like i feel like there's only because there's so many applicants i feel like there are gonna be so many repetitive stories the story is of like oh i was in i'm banking i'm in finance and i'm and i'm outnumbered and i feel this and that but like how can you be unique okay so uh candidly i didn't really play the woman card i played more of the ibh card and i'm like humanities different perspective kind of vibes but also like I will say, and like you wouldn't understand this for obvious reasons, but like being a woman in finance, you have to approach the entire thing differently. I cannot talk the same way. I cannot act the same way as my male peers. Why not? Because I can look. Okay. For example, like if my male friend and I, this happened multiple times over the summer with my one really good colleague friend, um, he would go for coffee chats with the same people as I would. And he'd be like, yeah, we were just like bro talking. I swear. So chill. Right. And I have to be like, sitting like legs crossed like all four months because i do not want to make it look at all like like what's the word i'm looking for i don't want to make it look like i'm unprofessional yes and specific ways and i think you know exactly what i'm talking about but you know what here's what i think i think that the firm most of the most firms nowadays are really conscious of this and i they are but it's still a thing but i tried really hard to form this whole the bro bro thing with a lot of these different people are consulting and firms and, and, and like the, the big banks and i couldn't like most of them kept it maybe because it was a first time thing but even most of the guys when i tried to like start off the conversation with like basketball and so on a lot of the guys were just very like you could just tell like they were just turned off by it they were like oh you know um uh, i think they're a good team and then they would switch back to conversation like a professional setting you have to situation sense like it's not going to work for everyone you no, but have i to- played i think i played off well but I, I, I'm not, like, I could tell. I could tell Do when I... Do you actually I, follow basketball? 
No, I do, I do. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Because if you don't, then you really fuck yourself no, over. No, 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 no. I do, I do. I actually do follow. I, I mean, I, that's the only sport that I actually do follow. That's Raptors, why that's the Raptors only. Raptors is your team, right? I mean, when they're good. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of a bandwagon. But who's but your team then? Whatever, whoever is winning. Like, I'm <laughs> like. <laughs> okay, so you're that kind of person. Um, no, okay, no. Like, okay. I don't even. Che- listen, I actually, it's not true. I usually cheer for the team that's losing. I don't like. So I the don't, underdog. Yes. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like the favorite. Like, I don't like when the favorites win. Like, the only time that I was actually happy for the Warriors to win was last season because I didn't think they were going to win. Every other yeah, season... Every, everyone was the, happy because of that reason. Everyone, every other season, seeing them in the final, make, finals makes my blood boil. But anyway, so I try <laughs> Like, I would try to, like, kind of have some small talk. And they wouldn't be rude about it, but I could just tell that all of them, for some reason, they were trying to, like, avoid these conversations. And I think it was, like... I think I think it's I think it's a it's an upper level thing. I, I think the firms don't like that. I think they're, I think most of the people that are working in these firms are trying to adhere to that new direction by keeping it like keeping that bro culture out of the banks. Here's the other thing though. I saw this TikTok actually. My boss sent me this TikTok the other day, and it was like 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 our generation at work and they'd be like yeah fam like bet like oh that's such a main character moment like that kind of thing i think they're trying to make sure that doesn't get too much into work because i think that one day eventually it will get a little bit more chill but at the same time if you're front office client facing you cannot be like that and so i think they're just trying to make sure that you can have some restraint i have very little like when you get me started i'm just like sup fam but like you have to have some of it. It's no, it's not bad. Is it that really that bad? Like it can't. It can't. Yes, it can be. Cause I know multiple, like interns like my age who have gotten men fired because of things they've said and done to them at work. So it is bad. But I mean, like, but 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 listen, like there are, there are bad apples everywhere. There are anomalies everywhere. I'm not talking about anomalies. I'm talking about like what like the culture, the, the norm. What is the norm? The norm is still like like I said, you have to be careful if you're a woman. And I don't think it's fair, but it is what it is. I mean, listen, I obviously can't, like, I can't deny someone else's experience because I wasn't, like, I, I've never worked at a, like, a bank as a woman. You know what I mean? Um, I've never been a woman or worked at a bank. So, <laughs> so I, I'm not qualified at all. But I don't know. It just, it just seems so crazy to me that I'm, like, it's not that I'm not believing it, but just I'm having a hard time fathoming. It's just, like, I think, I mean, every single guy I've talked to has said that to me. But I just think you have to realize, like, for generations, this was a male-dominated industry. And it still really is. Like, I was talking to someone the other day. But I think day. that's fine. Like, I think... I it, think It is what it is. Because when you think about it, I was talking to someone the other day. Like, if you want to have a family and have children, it's hard to st- stay and move up levels if you're no, going to do that as a woman. There is people who do it, but it's difficult. And I think that's what throws things off, the Look, balance. Here's what I think. I think... I don't want to make this too philosophical and, and political, <laughs> but... I think it's it is a male dominant industry in the sense that there are much more men in the industry, but I don't think it's a problem because I think the the because I think the misrepresentation is itself a problem because they're just different interests. Like there's like women go into nursing a lot more than and men go into making and engineering a lot more, and I think that's just I think that's just inherent to how we're wired. I think that's that that inherently is fine. It's a bi- it's, if it's like an evolutionary biological thing, I understand it, but I don't think it should be a barrier for those who don't. Want to I agree. I agree. I think our goal should always be taking down barriers to entry. But I think some firms, Agreed. instead of doing that, they're they're just they're setting these quotas and so on of just getting whoever, like just getting like their token indigenous guy, their token black guy, their token yeah, woman. I don't like that. Token, I don't like token, that. It should LGBT not be. Person. It should not be a token. It should be general equality yes. and equity. 
and just have it stay like that. And if, I think, and I think, I think they should be combating the problem. Here's the problem. The problem is, so, sometimes they can try to combat these barriers, but just because given the diff- given the fact that just more, I don't know, yeah, more straight white men are interested in that in, in that yes. in that field, exactly. you, they, people see that that miss. Um, representation and they assume it's because of barrier entry so the firm has to counteract that by actually having like making it so much easier for people that are not straight white men and making so much hard like not adding like maybe it, they implicit are... barriers that it comes off like their, their their that it comes off as like their their mission to remove all these barriers went so well that now all these people are flooding the firm when in reality it's actually a facade of they're just hiding these tokens. I would argue it's now harder for straight one straight white men to get a job. I would argue because they prioritize diverse applicancies. I would argue it's now harder for straight white men to get a job because it's the majority and firms are looking to beyond that. Like you talk to bankers who like say, yeah, I have an English degree major or like I have a biology major. They want diversity in every single way. So I think eventually it's gonna. There's gonna be more barriers to entry but, but for you know the what? men. I think that's horrible. I think that's not. I think not, forget the man. It's ho- the straight white man. I think. I think. I think in general, like I think. Any barriers to entry is awful. I agree. Yeah. But that's how the world works. Fair, it's fair. it's not it's not fair. It's not nice. But it just it is what it is. Anyways, I honestly, I think <laughs> we actually talked about this like, some in a previous episode. So I don't want to like you know have too much of a uh, like like I don't I don't want to have like too much of a repetitive. Uh, you know another conversation tangent. but so kind of to summarize like you said you I, I, honestly i'm starting Networked, to realize being the answer for all these questions is networking networking and being unique being yourself like like i said earlier like learning about yourself i think is one of the most invaluable tools ever because the majority of us we don't know ourselves we know what's happening in our environment and how we should respond most appropriately based on what people around us are doing and what's expected of us. But we don't know what we intrinsically want to do. But the problem is, is those positions are so, are so much more competitive that I just feel like your resume has to be top notch. Like, okay, you've seen my resume. I like I, maybe I have some experience that like has some very like well transferable skills. Any resume can be good depending on how you spend but it. But here's but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think my resume has really good transferable skills, but I don't have any baking experience on my resume. So hypothetically, let's just say best case, like I'm talking best case scenario, right? But neither did I last summer. No, what do you mean? Last summer, you wealth management at Scotiabank. But like last summer when I was recruiting for Scotia, like even like, because I got a couple interviews elsewhere for banks without banking experience. Didn't get them. Okay, so you went from from Scotiabank wealth management to CIBC capital markets? Yes. Plus the diversity thing. Okay, so honestly... I think I, I think I have hope. I think I have hope. You, anybody does. You just have to like, like, like I said, network and be yourself. Okay, I'm not, I'm gonna be super honest with you. All these questions about what should first and second years do, blah 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 blah. I actually don't really care about the first second years tuning in. I actually care about just me. And <laughs> I actually just care about me growing. So you've seen my resume. I think you've. I mean, you've seen my cover letter. Yep. You've seen where I am. Um, so so let's just say my let's just say that like my best 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 case scenario is like wealth management or like consulting the summer consulting maybe is a bit of a stretch but i feel like i've networked so well that i honestly think it's very possible that i get an interview and i've like Which is hypo- good you're doing the right hypothetically things. hypothetically let's just say hypothetically you get uh, a consulting into the summer or as a wealth management into the summer and then next summer i want to do capital markets plus anything like plus a diversity scholarship what should i do like t- take me through everything that I should be doing from, t- like, from tomorrow. Like, like if I had, like, what, what, what is, what should I do to maximize my chances? So if I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm already trying my best to, you know, like, network and so on. 
so should I should I you know network with more people from wealth management and the different banks? Should I just pick one bank and hone hone down at them? Um, like just give me all, everything you got. Okay, so I would say have a few like strong relationships. Like define a few however you'd like. Have a few strong relationships at every firm or bank you are interested in. Foster them. Be like and enjoy. Even if it's not in wealth management. Yeah, like because you don't have to ha- like somebody can refer you that's not in wealth management for another role. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be in that position, right? So I would say have a few strong relationships and enjoy them. Like be genuine in them. Don't do them just for transactional purposes. Like I've reiterated throughout this entire conversation. Um, second thing I would do is if you want finance. Show that you have an interest in it. If you cannot be on DFIC, if you can't be on another investing club, do something else. Like make financial models, have a investing portfolio, do like mock investing. There's so many simulations online. Show that you're interested in it and you're creating your own experience doing it. Because if you can't join in on somebody else's experience, make your own. There's so many different ways to do it. Like you can even like, if you know data analysis, if you know Excel well, if you're into coding, you can code some cool stuff and make your own projects. Because a lot of the... um the STEM resumes I've been seeing, like they're all about your projects, not about experiences, but your projects. So that's so where would you put that? But wouldn't that be the very bottom of your resume where no one's going to see? It can be, or it can be like, you can have us instead of that leadership experience, or you can put it like, um, so you have your professional experience and you have leadership. You can put it under that leadership bracket, or you can mm. just say activities, or you can just say projects, okay. like wherever it fits best, depending on how many you have. I see. Um, and so, yeah, kind of like get involved or get involved or like make your own way to get involved. Um, and then when you do land something, keep networking. If it isn't a bank, you abuse that email you have. Because Jordan told me this. Once you have that Scotia email, your response rate shoots up. So once you're in a firm, an institution, organization, whatever, they're so much more likely to apply. But you went from Scotia Bank to CIBC. So I guess it didn't, like, it, this didn't okay, work well, out. Okay, well, okay, but realistically i applied for a fall job at scotia that i did get from networking i couldn't take it because of school and some yeah. other reasons but cibc happened because of like a connection like somebody with dfic um who recommended me and it just it just worked out really well and also like i had connections at cibc before when i got the role i got to send excited emails to a couple of people on the training floor that i already talked to and i was so thrilled about it um and so it doesn't necessarily like i'm saying it w- like networking internally is easier and it helps it doesn't have to be that way but it helps so keep on your external connections as well um and then just keep learning and growing like i said dfic is a great opportunity but if you can't get it like do your own projects but also there's like um investa there's asic there's all these other different ones as well like you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket i think wait what's what's asic it's like it's another like investment like club Okay, for some reason, <laughs> why did I think you were talking about, like, A6, like, the shoe company? I was about to be, like... I mean, like, I... Anyways. Those can be the shoes you wear to walk to the no, office. No, no, no. <laughs> like, guys, guys, don't be, if you want to bring that in. Don't be rocking A6, guys. I feel like for, like, like for... If you're trying to budget, there are better shoes out there. A6 are so ugly. Anyways, anyways. I'm not trying to... I mean, the sneakerhead the sneaker me is coming out, but I feel like there, there's some there's I some like my shoes. Puma sneakers. I no, but those. I feel like... Okay, guys. A6 are such... <laughs> are they such dad shoes? They're such dad shoes. They anyways. really are. But I mean, when you when you become a dad, you then you're valid to wear A6. But other than that, don't, don't rock them. Sorry. So so t- talk about what is A6? Like, like. It's just another one. Like, it's kind of like DFIC, but it's like focused on investing. They also run events for networking. At Mac? No, it's it's outside of Mac. Yeah, they have chapters at every school. Okay, okay. Likewise with Investor. They have like a Mac one, a Western one, a Queens one. Um. 
Yeah. What does it stand for? What does it stand for? <laughs> I know intercollegiate is in there. Um, I'm not too familiar with it. Um, my VP um, on I searched it up and nothing, is, nothing came up. I think you're spelling it wrong. It's A I I C C maybe. Oh, or no 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 okay. A hold on A sick. Oh A C I I C. A C I. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Siri thinks Siri thinks she's part of this conversation. Um. The wife. Yeah, it's translated oh to which language? <laughs> Do you guys hear that? Stop, stop, stop. In French. No, stop, stop. <laughs> wow. That was jokes. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Okay. The Association of Canadian Intercollegiate Investment Clubs. That's what it okay. is. Nice. Yeah. So, like I said, lots of different ways to get involved. And I'm like... So the secret is that okay, like the secret no is way, work hard. <laughs> no, but like, but then like you can only work so hard, and then you at the right things. But I'm saying is, so you're telling me the secret to all this is just more networking. Well, the answer is always networking, but like the other thing is okay. How, so how do you move make the move from like RBC to Goldman Sachs? Like, how do you network Goldman Sachs, hypothetically? Okay, well, it's a bit difficult when. Okay, there are two ways you can approach networking. It's LinkedIn stalking. And talking to people who have those connections as well. Because I've had situations where it's like, oh, I don't have time to, ta- time to talk to you. I'll refer to this person. Or um, somebody will like send an email to the person I want to talk to and be like, hey, I'm copying Ardena. She's really interested in this. Can you please talk to her? Um, so like it's really shooting your shot. It's hit and miss. Just try your best. We do have alum at um, Golden and Sachs. So I would definitely look into that. Like Number one tip for LinkedIn searching, filter and see who went to your school they're more likely to respond. Hmm. Problem is, there are that many people from Mac or Roman Sachs. But the ones that do, you got to hit up. Okay, okay. But so not just them. Like, shoot your shot. Shoot your but shot. But it's not specifically that I care about Goldman Sachs. It's just that, like... It's a name. Not No, no, it's not that. It's, I'm trying to figure out, like, a formula of how to make it to any firm. And a Goldman Sachs is a big deal. So I thought maybe, like, what are some transferable things? What do you mean transferable things? Like... You're talking about networking at the at the five banks because there are probably a lot of people there that know Mac kids or that know someone that I know that I know. So like it makes sense. Like we are a network. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah, at yeah. Goldman Sachs, I feel like Goldman Sachs is like it's like New York based. You know Mac, Mac's like Mac's international presence and finance isn't that crazy. Like how many Goldman Sachs kids are going f- from Degru to to go to, to there NYC? There could be more. No, it, there's no there's there a, there's a good, there's a good number. Like there's a handful or two probably. But I'm just saying. Uh, if I network with like like it's also difficult to network with someone in a different country. It is uh, like like I said, it's hit or miss. You just have to shoot your shot. Okay. Um, there's no formula to it other than like there's two okay there's two kind of messages slash emails that work. The short and sweet ones like hey do you have a second or the ones that are like hey I saw this I'm super interested in something unique about that person that I want to talk about um that really captures their attention and differentiates you. So if someone doesn't land the interview the first summer, which is a lot of people. I was um, like that, yeah. Yeah. Really? No, didn't you have one for summer? No, because I was still working for my parents then because oh, they okay, both okay, have, okay. it's a family business thing. Okay, so we're in the same boat. So someone doesn't yeah. land into for summer. Um, so I'm not going to, other than networking, which we, we, you've said a million for every times. Because it is the golden I believe you. I believe you. It's the golden So other than networking, what, can, like, what, can, what else can they do? Like, just like, there must be something else. Join clubs, okay. um, have experience that you can speak on that applies to the role. Okay. So, like, I had DFIC. I also had, I was an entrepreneur. I had my own business. I had experience researching and learning about things that were of 
that were passions of mine. So like lawyered, for example, I'm still involved. I write articles on the law because that's interesting. You were involved on so many things. How do you like, do you sleep? I do. Yeah. You're just, you must be really good at time management because the more I talk I to you, to be, yeah. the more like how many, like how many hours there are you busy? Like are you doing something that's not like, not like sleeping, not like, I don't know, like showering, not like eating, like just like productivity. Can I give you like a range? Just go for it. 13 to 18. A day? Yes. Oh my God. Ardena, that's probably how much work I do in a week. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, okay, here's aren't the thing. You, aren't you employed right now? What do you mean? Like, don't, don't, didn't you say you have like an online online job? Yeah, I have a couple jobs. <laughs> what is it? Like, no, not, not, not your TA one. There's, there's I have TA and then I'm also, I'm with Inverse, which is, a, okay, I will talk about this. I love this company, Galaxy. So if you cannot have access to Bloomberg, if Yahoo Finance is not doing it to you, this is literally a platform. I'm like re-advertising right now. This is like a platform where you can go and do your investment research and collaborate with other investors. Really wonderful platform. I do, I write articles for them. I also do some of their marketing. Um, I absolutely love the experience of working for a startup. It's a great team, lots of opportunity. And then, yeah, I also, I also TA, which I love as well. That's honestly like, okay, so you know what? Honestly, I think the root of all this is just, are that I just build different? Forget, forget, I don't even care about all this. Forget it, forget it. How could someone like build the self-discipline and like the self-control and like the organization to be able to work 18 hours a day? Because I'm going to be honest with you, on like a productive day, I maybe do some extracurricular stuff for two hours and study for four. Like that's like a good, six hours is a really good day. So you do 18 on like, just on a regular on a, Tuesday? No, like, no, no, regular. T- that's like a stretching it. Like I would say regular day is probably 10 to 12 hours. That's crazy still. Okay, here's the thing. How do you do it? Like how do you, I, tell me, run me do you have, like what's your secret? Because I'll talk, you know about this, I'll tell you my problems and you give me a diagnosis. Or we can start with this. Okay. Okay. There are always going to be things in your life that you don't like doing. But right now, I'm genuinely passionate about all the projects I have going on. I love my jobs. I love, 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 love to TA. I love the subject. I love helping people. I love my job with Inverse. I love my role on DFIC and the other clubs I'm involved in. I love my classes. I love learning. I wake up every day grateful as hell that I'm able to do all of this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to work the most I can to get the most of it. And I think that's the secret is just no. finding the joy. I'm not buying this Hakuna Matata stuff. No, no, no. I genuinely like, I, okay. It's not always been like this. Like, I think that also there's a lot of motivation making my parents proud, like the refugee family vibe. Yeah, yeah, I feel and you. I also think that there's a lot of pressure on myself because I have done things in the past that I think are quote unquote successful things. And I want to keep that going. So there's also that moment, momentum motivation. But at the end of the day, like if I don't like anything anymore, I'm not doing it. I've already proved myself that I can like achieve things. So if I have, cause like, for example, like I turned down like a part-time thing the other day. Cause I'm like, I don't have the time for this and I don't. What was it for? I can't disclose. Cause okay. like if I say like the person's going to know, but like I don't have the capacity for it and I wouldn't be passionate about it. I wouldn't want to do it. Cause like everything, every single thing on my Outlook calendar, other than maybe like studying for my final which is like yeah it's a cool subject it's just like it's time consuming you have it's one final of, i have one final okay okay i get it now i get it now you're, <laughs> not, I, I, you're an ibh okay maybe I'm, okay okay maybe ibh is just a joke maybe it's that's not it it's not yo i have no, listen i have five exams uh, i have five exams. i'm consulting with like four different companies i have five exams i'm consulting with four different companies that's exams? more pressure no, that's more no. pressure listen, five is more than four isn't it <laughs> yes 
okay, but listen, listen, when you have four companies on your back and you have to pr- pr- really perform for them, I don't want to mess this up. I want to make sure. No, but the, the thing is for me is I think, I feel like school is so much scarier than the workplace. You know why? Because if your GPA goes down, it can never come back up. Like it just doesn't come back. It just 100%, 100%. But the problem is if you mess up on a job and you just pick up and leave, like you can have a fresh start. And these projects are a mixture of school and jobs. So it's are you even being, worse. Are you being graded for them? Yes. Oh, okay. In that case. <laughs> this man just like, oh, I, case, I, 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 I should have shut up. <laughs> fine. I, lo- I, lo- I lost. I lost. <laughs> okay. So, so tell me about, okay. F- you know, honestly, I don't even care about in- internships anymore. I mean, I'll ask one question at the end, but like, tell me about your day. Like, what time do you wake up? <laughs> um, okay. So anywhere between like 4.30 and 5. What? On weekends, it's more like 5.30, 6-ish. So I've always, I always. What time do you go to sleep? <laughs> anywhere between like 10 and 12 sometimes later it's bad i know Adana, you you told me you sleep but you don't i do i do anywhere between four and six hours sometimes more on weekends Adana, there's nothing are, what are you talking about okay listen uh my mom and i have always been people who have get who get on little sleep okay first of all you know what's so funny is i slept um what's it called four hours last night no five Four hours, five hours? No, no, four, four. Okay. And bet. let me tell you, I was so I woke up so salty. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I gotta go after. I was like, I gotta take an, I gotta take an, like after studying. I was like, bro, I gotta go back to sleep. Like four hours is not, like for me, I need like seven eight hours every night to function. Would I be better on seven eight hours? Maybe, but here's the thing: like I do as much as I can to energize myself. Like I go to the gym first thing. I eat healthy. Wait, so you wake up at four, you go to the gym, and then you go to class? I don't have class until like, like I have one 8.30 class Okay, you wake semester. up, you go to the gym, and then you just live life? Pretty much. I, like, I come back, like, I get myself ready, and then I sit at my desk, and I just go. Like, I'll take breaks, like, to go to class, like, eat, so, like, and, like, okay, that kind of thing. Okay, do you have a schedule, in between classes, whatever, do you, like, schedule, like, exactly what tasks you're going to be doing to be productive? Or you just got in the habit of being productive, they just just do it? I have a to-do list every day. Okay. And I focus on getting all the output things first. So, like, if I have something to write, if I have something to, like, create, I do all that first so I have the most energy. And then later on in the day, it's more, like, input, like, reading, like, anything I have to figure out. So, since this episode is getting pretty long, I'm going to ask my last question. <laughs> so, so, let's say somebody's getting, uh, wants to get into investing. Like, like, like invest in the stock market and so on. And the problem is, is that you need to know a lot to make smart investments, to make a lot of money. And I have a lot of friends that their grades are not that high. Like they're not, their, their resume is kind of empty. Like I'm just, I'm not being rude, but I mean like school's not their thing, but they really understand the stock market. And I know a guy that told me in the past, he, t- he told me, Michael, I'm making 70K a year just, just playing on stocks part-time like he goes to mac he he i don't i mean i don't think i don't think uh like i, I probably saw him in his clothes because i haven't you know asked him if i can but he's just a regular joe that you see him you're like just some regular joe attending lectures in fact he's probably watching tiktok during lectures like <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest with you but he just he gets stocks he know he know he gets how like like he he probably has dreams about the new york stock exchange like i'm being honest like he's probably that type of guy and he gets it really well and he knows a lot and he makes smart investments and he makes a lot of money. Like he's the type of guy that like like bought his first car. He's the type of guy that's like that's like thinking of like like buying a house in the next couple years. 
Like, if you can buy a house in the next couple of years, no, you must be rich. No, 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 no. But it's not that because he's making so much money, and he like he's he's. I mean, he's spending it on a couple of cool stuff, like maybe like like he he bought a cool car and he like maybe some nice kicks, but like he's like like. Other than like what his kind of kicks, yeah, I don't know, honestly. Like, mm. I, I, you said you were a sneakerhead. I am, but I, I didn't see his collection. Um, but like, I don't know, probably some like overpriced retro fours. But like, he's making good money, and he's and he's 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 reinvesting it back and so on. So like, how could someone reach that? Like, because you're in the field, maybe. I mean, I'm maybe you're not Quote his unquote, level in the field. <laughs> maybe you're not his level, but like, you know, a thing or two about the stock market. So like, how could someone like educate themselves? I think the first thing is to learn how the market works in general, mm. like how sales work, how trading works, what are options, um, your calls and puts, et cetera, et cetera, and what you can invest in. So you have your stocks, ETFs. So what are some bonds. resources, good resources? Um, classes. <laughs> um, YouTube is wonderful. Wall Street Oasis. Okay. But like Wall Street Oasis, Reddit, those kind of things, you have to be careful. Only have the information that's factual, not the opinions. Filter the opinions on like, oh, you should buy this and just get the regular information. Okay. Investopedia is wonderful. Yes. Honestly, like, and like um, Corporate Finance Institute is really yes, good too. Yes, yes. Um, anything like that. Just like understand what the market is, how it works and what you can invest in because there's so many different options. And then from there, like I would figure out what you're most interested in and do a deeper dive. So for example, um, if bonds are really interesting to you, which I think they're like, um, people are like really miss out on them. They're kind of cool if you ask me. Um, then go deeper into it and like maybe focus on that. Although I always think you should have like an understanding of all of them just so like you can have your, you know, quote unquote balanced portfolio. Um, and for stocks especially, learn the accounting. <laughs> like your first year accounting course is so much more important than you think. Um, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like accounting isn't my favorite thing. I prefer like the finance side more but you need accounting for finance. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should be able to like glance at a stock and be like, okay, this is what their cash flows look like. This is what their balance sheet looks like. Um, what industry are they in? And analyze it with those skills. Um, so building those again, it's just like over time you'll learn. YouTube is great. Talking to professionals. Like if you're coffee chatting, ask them like, how do you do this? And sometimes they can't tell you because it's like a competitive advantage kind of thing, but they can definitely help you out. Um, and for everything else, it's like listening to the news Figuring out what platforms work for you, so any maybe crash course, any like let's just say you're a ground zero, any like where do, where do you of all the things you listed, where should you start? Like, what's a crash course to get you in the to get you kind of in the mood of things? Like you mean the markets in sure. general, or like news? No, like understanding how markets work, like at a technical level, more. But but and I, and I mean like understanding it like from an investor's perspective, not like. Not like an analyst perspective that you learned in school. Because I've noticed there's a difference. I would talk to people if you really want to understand it from an investor's perspective. I would just talk to people. Like you said, you're, like your friend who has like the 70K floating around. Ask him what he thinks. Because I have a friend. Like I'm not into the whole like, crypto, Bitcoin. kind of like I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. And I don't want to put my money into something I don't understand yet. Oh, fair. So I'll sit with him and be like, hey, what do you think about this? What's your opinion? That's a really good way to learn. And then everything else is just listening to the news following it. And find your niche with that. Like... There are so many like newsletters out there. Like I personally subscribe to three in particular, um, the hustle morning brew and the wall street breakfast, which also has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Bloomberg has good ones as well. Goldman yeah. Sachs has one. Well, simple, blah, blah, blah. Find which one you like best. Um, so many podcasts out there. And also like one trick, um, somebody from BlackRock told me this, that she does this go on Twitter and make an account just for following news. Mm. And so follow all the news sources you can, like Bloomberg, CNN, all that. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you want to like catch up with things, just scroll through that. 
Okay, um, okay. And like the other like general advice, um, when you're reading the news, make your own opinions. Don't listen to what other people are doing unless like they're like a hundred percent like they've made a million gazillion dollars off this. Maybe do listen to them, but try to form your own opinions. Mm-hmm. It's difficult at first. Like I still struggle with this, but it's how you learn. And it's really important to have conviction in what you're putting your money in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two other things, um, you're going to lose, <laughs> you're going to lose money. Like I'm down very much down. Like yeah. I'm outperforming the market with how much I'm down, but I'm still down. So mm-hmm. just know, like, if you're putting your money somewhere, you're going to lose it at some point, but it's always going to go back up. I mean, like, I'm willing to lose money for, for the sake of getting experience. Yeah. But winning it back, I just, the problem is... I it just, will go up. It will go... Everything We'll goes see, up. we'll see. <laughs> it will so, go up. So, quick question. Are you familiar with, like, the Canadian Securities Institute? Yes, the CSE Are you familiar course. with their, with their like, their, 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 just the general course, the Canadian Securities course? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, it's really expensive. I think it's, like, is it 600? So, apparently, there's... They break it down, so there's there's a, there's a component that's like six hundred, and then it goes up to like sixteen twenty. Um, so, is it really worth it? Because I've I've talked to an investment maker, but he's really out of touch. Like, I, and when I say out of touch, I mean like he's in, like he's old, like in his I think I don't know late forties, early fifties. So he hasn't been in school a long time. He hasn't really like he hasn't really like recruit like talked to interns a lot. So I just asked him how can I like maximize my chance of getting an internship, and then he was like. You know, CS has a good resource. Go get you a course. And I was like, but they're really expensive. He was like, yeah, but like they're in demand. So I just feel like one person's opinion probably isn't enough to drop 500, 600, 1600 on a course. So what are your thoughts? Okay, so CSC, CFA, CPA, anything like that, MBA, there are always going to be controversial opinions about that. I would say... The CSC and now more the CFA too because now you don't have to be just one year away from graduation to start. You can be two. Those are the most accessible for students and I would say the CSC is definitely worth it. If you want to be a journalist for financial markets, you have to have it. If you want to make trades, if you work in sales and trading, you need to have it. Really? It's, it's But I mean like should I get it now? Like If you have the time and energy, yes because it's a lot of money, it's a lot of time. Yeah. And if you don't finish it in a specific time period, like you have to repay so oh, really keep that in mind like like commit to it when you have the time okay cfa and mba like those are like ugh, long-term problems like i am yeah. going in between them right now um it depends on what area of finance you're going into i think that fundamental analysis so like ib equity research equity research especially cfa is helpful mm-hmm. um mba is more so <clears throat> or like an mfin are most so more so management and so on not yeah like, it's like more holistic approach like yeah. you can specialize in finance for sure but like they're more holistic for sh- and right. comprehensive. Um, and I think that, honestly, for the amount of people that have them, it's worth having because if you have that tiny competitive advantage, it's worth it. So, But a lot of people are getting them nowadays. Though. Like A lot of people are getting CFAs, CSCs, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but if, if it comes down to it and you have two people with CSCs and there's one person they like a little bit more because you like made a thing, like you said something about basketball, like you're in. So you have to be cognizant of that, right? So I would say if it's something you really want, you have the time, you have the money, go for the CSC first. But it's not like a deal breaker. If it's no, not. it's not a deal breaker. Okay, okay. You just like in the some roles, you might be asked to get it in a specific amount of time. Like I know there's like um, Scotia's WMAP program for wealth management. Um, I think you have to get your CSC in the first six months. Does, does the school, sorry, does, it, does the firm pay for it? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Mm. I think for CFAs, a lot of firms pay for it. Yes. I, MBAs I too, that. I've heard. Yeah. But I'm not sure about CSE. I would assume so because CSE yeah. is cheaper than all of that. 
Yeah, and and they probably because it's an online course. It's an online course, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. So because I think it's an online course, you can do the exam in person, but I'm not sure anymore. No, I'm saying because it's an online course, I'd say it's probably very easy for them to negotiate a really good price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, well, we are um, way past our. Uh, <laughs> you know, I in my head, I put a, I put, I was like, you know what? Let's make this an hour long. Um, I I knew that talking about dinner was not going to be an hour. Yeah, sorry, I'm a I, talker. I, no, 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 because it's not like that. It's not like that at all. I'm saying I enjoy talking. Are they going to get me in trouble? I'm saying I, I enjoy talking about dinner so much that I just knew it was going to be longer than an hour. I'm flattered. But Ardana, thank you so much for coming on to yeah, the Tadros Talks podcast. Hope, podcast. Hopefully, we'll call, like have you back on. Yeah, I would uh, so love time. to do that. Uh, honestly, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we have like I have a bunch of people. We have like a panel discussing like discussing like different investing investment related things i feel like i will t- yeah, I'm, I'm very down for that but also like i'm not just i'm not just finance do you remember that okay, okay. Well, you know give me give me some uh, some inspo what, what else would you like to talk about next um time? i just like to talk about like career development in general i like the personal development things yeah, um the, the whole like philosophical shit we were going into earlier yeah. that's cool i well, see i actually believe it or not all my podcasts i usually i start out asking people about like what they do, like it's a career development thing but fitness I feel- too i'm a, like yo i'm a mac barbell i'm the president this year the co-president so we how forgot you, about that how are you the president of all these clubs are then i get a life okay go to sleep Touch i do some have grass. a life Touch i want some grass I- <laughs> I do have a life. I was out like at, like uh, at a. I don't even know what it was. Guys, you know what? Before we sign off, I actually I'm gonna quickly stalk uh, on his LinkedIn. And no, I'm don't. Gonna, no, I'm just gonna read out all the things. No, and then, don't. Oh, then, oh, then you have more. Hold on, I'm just gonna read out. Okay, you're gonna. Okay, so she okay. Is the t- currently there's, there's no stalk. point. They can read stalk. the LinkedIn no, for themselves. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't care for overboard. She's clearly a teacher assistant. <laughs> Yo. So I. This is this is like you know how I gave her an intro. This is her outro. She's currently this. the teaching assistant uh, for intro to finance she's currently a social media coordinator for collaborative research <coughs> inverse me. inverse that's what it's inverse. called all of, everyone inverse should sign up after this collaborative investment research she's currently the director of defect research she is currently the president of mcmaster barbell i don't know what a brain break is but she's the founder and manager of that um uh, she's talking about lawyer so she's a writer and 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 and, and um podcaster director and department founder and audio article editor so on of lawyer ed she i don't know what that's oh, my she, dad's that's business, dad, that's I dad's see business. Oh, okay. <laughs> she said she was a secretary for her dad's um college leadership i'm assuming she last summer she got, had her, she got hold on this is two internships oh yeah okay so this was scotia i i you had some <laughs> internships for the rest of us <laughs> no stop but here's a, this was a two-month extension you're hoarding <laughs> No, listen, I finished my co-op in August, but there were some projects that were left unfinished, big conferences. So they yeah. just asked if I want to stay on two more months. I'm like, absolutely. They did it online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just worked remotely. And then and then she was, tra- I mean, I think she was, she was a janitor at Good Life Fitness. Yes, I was. This is, well, this is back in the humbling days, man. This is back in the humbling <laughs> days. She was training floor coordinator. She was a digital marketing intern. Like, just too many things. Too many things. Listen... I'm a very much a lost case. So I'm just trying to get a lot of different experiences. And you have to remember, like, like the digital marketing intern, that was like one semester, training floor coordinator. I technically still am. I just haven't come no, back. Stop. Stop. <laughs> some stuff for the rest of us. Just there's stop. plenty. There's plenty. No, there's so it? many things out there. Honestly, Ardena, you know what? Honestly, I'm, this is going to sound like such a lie. And I can't believe I say this on my podcast. I had a dream <laughs> where I applied to a position and I didn't get it. And then, 
I eat, and then I'm like, I meet with the the the, the hiring manager, or whatever, and I'm telling him, like, how can I get the position? And then he was like, oh, and then I took it. She was way better than you. No, no, and stop. Like, and honestly, stop. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been presenting you since that dream. I, you know what's so funny? I told my mom about that dream. I was like, mama, <laughs> I was like, mom, you know that nice girl that that's that's been helping me with all this internship networking stuff. She was like, yeah. I was like, mom, that girl. It's gonna be the reason why my career doesn't work out. I have to like. No, we stop. Have to get rid of her. Stop. Okay, something. Okay, I need to say something before like you, like end this. By the way, guys, I, 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 anything that that applies to, I'm not applying to. Like, there's no, actually, there's no point. Okay, listen though, I applied to over 200 jobs last year and I got two offers. No, I feel you. I so, actually got, I got zero offers. Actually, I got. You were got, first year though. No, no, I, I got actually I got an offer that I didn't like. <laughs> So I'm not even counting that, but... <laughs> okay, so first of all, I'm not perfect. I'm not better than a lot of other candidates. There's so many other better candidates out there. I'm going to say that. I'm still learning and growing. Just got to say that. But like, the other thing is too, and this is from my favorite book, Think Like a Monk, which I highly recommend. Somebody else's success, what somebody else is good at, their niche, does not take away from yours because it's going to be different. Somebody else's success, and I know people have heard it, does not take away from your own because you have your own path. You're going to have your own skills. You're going to do your own thing. So stop thinking that if somebody else gets that job, that that's taking away from you because it's not. You're going to find something else and you're going to be something else. Guys, I have to say that this is probably the most true thing. Not true like I agree with Ardena. I mean, I do. But true like this is the most Ardena thing ever <laughs> because Ardena is the most helpful person I have met in my entire life. I'm not saying that because she's here. Guys, you know me. I'll say to her face if she wasn't. Ardena is by far the most like helpful person I have met in my entire life. She's so busy. Her sports game is so strong. Okay, <laughs> that's not Bro. true though. Sometimes, I, okay, I literally have not. My boss texted me on Wednesday. I did not text him back until Friday. No, but thankfully, your boy, your boy Michael, <laughs> whenever he asks her any questions, she's she's like three minutes and I already have a response. It's your internship hunting. It's important. It's that of course, season. Of course, priorities, priorities. <laughs> exactly. Your boss the question. Michael's got to come first. <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, like that has been so like so helpful. Honestly, at this point. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If I get it, when I when I do get into the summer, I'm just gonna put like Ardena's name inside of my. I'm just gonna be like, I'm just I'm just gonna be like, thank you Ardena for getting me. I'm just gonna put that on my LinkedIn because at this point, at this point, it's gonna be you getting it, not me. Like Ardena's been that helpful. You're guys. putting in the work. You're putting in the work. Remember that you, Y O U. Thank you. <laughs> um. Anyways, so that's that's our Ardena for you guys. Um. Hopefully, we'll have her back. That's we're signing off and thank you guys for tuning in. It's I know it's a long episode. I doubt any of you guys are I doubt most of you guys are still listening to the end. But listen on two times speed. That's what I do. Probably I talk fast enough, it's gonna be like two times speed is gonna be like a little bit the whole time. <laughs> okay, one point five times. Anyway, signing off. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>